Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. All right, y'all. We are going back to our roots with a Midwest 2020 mini tour. Oh, oh, I can't wait. Thank goodness. Corn-fed entertainment. Tater tot hot dish. Mm, hot dish 2020. We are going to be in Indianapolis on March 18th, Chicago on the 19th, and the Twin Cities, a.k.a. Minneapolis, St. Paul. Ever heard of it? On Saturday, March 21st. Got some more dates. Amanda, what else do we have? From there, we're going to be going to St. Louis on March 23rd and Kansas City, Missouri, Trump, <laughs> on March 24th. Tickets can be found at our website, wineandcrimepodcast.com. So keep your eye out, get those trigger fingers ready, mm-hmm. and buy them before they sell out, baby. Yes, please. We can't wait to see you all. See you in March. I think she burped. I yeah, think she I did. fucking burped. Right had a delicious eggs Benedict this morning. Oh, oh, oh nice. Oh. Don't talk about your egg burps. It's not a burp. Yeah. It's a merp. So I can't taste it or smell it. It's just you know, uncomfortable you in my it. sphincter. You're disgusting. No, when I merp, it's not. Nothing's coming it doesn't out. Doesn't get up to the roof. Okay. It's just a squelch. It's a shift. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your body is falling apart. As someone with sphincter problems, I understand. All I right. This week on Wine and Sphincters. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and discuss their sphincters. Uh, in mm-hmm. great detail. Minnesotan <laughs> accents. Yeah. Minnesotan yeah. assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kenyon. I'm Lucy, and I have seven sphincters. Yes. I'm Amanda, and I have no comment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Guys, I'm dating again. Um, I can't be talking about my sphincter in every episode. (laughs) Oh, do not get shy. They need only go back into the archives to learn everything about my (laughs) bowels. The wiping debate. (laughs) Yeah. Don't adjust your standards at this point in our careers. I won't. (laughs) They're only detrimental. God, your first question should be like, "Are you into podcasts?" Oh no, me neither. Yeah, no, I don't know what, what is that. <laughs> All of my interests on my profile are linked to my Facebook, so it's just like eight hundred true crime podcasts that are listed as my interests. It's like, oh god, everyone's gonna think I'm a murderess, which I totally well, am. Yeah, to keep okay. them in their lane. Mm-hmm. This week, we have um, an amazing fan pick. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, this was selected by Jason Leesman. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Sounds good Uh, to me. He is... I hope so. He is giving uh, $25 a month. Uh, and if you give $25 a month, you too could be like Jason mm-hmm. and choose uh, a future episode topic and or case and or wine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Jason has chosen the topic and the wine this week. Love so it. We are indebted to him. The topic is crimes involving biological agents. Yeah, bio crime. Such a good topic. It's so good. Yeah. There were so many cool deep. things, like areas that you could go with this. Yeah. So crazy. And it's a lot of science, so mm -hmm. we're going to butcher everything. And, and Lucy is just going to be squealing with joy the entire time. <laughs> I am sitting on my hands currently because I could. it's all I can do not to flail. I'm, I'm so, so excited. excited for you. I'm so excited for you. Well, should we plow I, through this pairing so that you can get yes. going? Cool. Yes. Yeah. What is our wine crime pairing that Jason selected? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, he selected a gorgeous wine that is actually offered through Wink Wine Club. This is the 2016 Sans Script Petit Verdot. And I pretty much want Jason to do the pairings all the time because not only did he select an absolutely amazing bottle. Um, gorgeous. Yeah. It's such a gorgeous bottle. Uh, but he also chose it for its, like, subtle but brilliant nod to the topic because the winemaker is a microbiologist. Yes. Like, Isn't that brilliant? So cool. So how did he, you even figure that, that out? out? I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Maybe he knows him or something, but he did his research, and I double-checked. He's totally right. This guy, Jason, or uh, it's not Jason. The guy, the winemaker, I don't remember what his name is. But uh, he is. He's a microbiologist in California and also a winemaker. It's so cool. That's so, so cool. cool. Um, so before we dive into this gorgeous bottle, we are going to talk about Wink um, very Woo! briefly. This is the online wine club that makes your wine experience immersing. I wrote that tagline myself. <laughs> It is also easy, affordable, and convenient to get your wine. It is. So if you check out. It's the talk space of wine. It is the talk space of wine. If you go to trywink.com forward slash gals, that's T R Y W I N C dot com forward slash G A L S, you can get 20 bucks off your first order. You are going to be greeted with the option of taking a little flavor like palette quiz so that they can make some selections that they think are going to be in your wheelhouse. You don't have to go with those selections. You can peruse their inventory of amazing wines that changes frequently and are 100% exclusive to Wink. So if you see wines that you like, it's the only way that you can get them. Um, typically, these bottles are in about the $13 range, and you put four or more bottles in your cart, you get uh, shipping taken care of. And then if it's your first time purchasing through them and you use that uh, GALS promo code, it takes 20 bucks off of your cart. So you're basically getting four to five bottles of wine for about 30 bucks. My first order, That's I insane. used the promo code as well, and um, it was five bottles that I put in the cart, and it cost me $30, and the shipping uh, cost me nothing. So it was awesome. Um, you can have it shipped right to your door or if you're like me to your Walgreens so that when you're picking up your prescriptions <laughs> monthly you can also pick up a box you can of make wine. it awkward you can make it yeah. super awkward <laughs> and please do so definitely check out trywink.com forward slash gals we have never covered a petite verdot before so I was really excited about this as well it's a varietal that I kind of forget a lot of the time and um, I don't see super often as a pure um Petit Verdo. So I doing the research was kind of fun because I didn't really know where this one came from, and I learned a little about maybe why we don't see it very much. Um, nice. It is a variety of red wine grape. It is typically used in classic Bordeaux blends, and it originates in that region of France. 
Um, it ripens a lot later than the other varieties in Bordeaux and often too late for it to be viable. So it kind of fell out of popularity in the Bordeaux region because they were like, fuck it, this is just too challenging. And if we're going to use this in blends and it's not ripening on the same schedule as any of the wines that we're going to blend it with, then oh. like, what the fuck are we doing? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a late bloomer. Exactly. If they can't <laughs> handle her at her worst, they don't deserve her at her best. <laughs> okay. Catching close. To home, little bit. <laughs> Just give me bloomer. time and space, okay? <laughs> yeah. We uh, all need it. Yeah, exactly. Oh um, but when it does ripen, it adds tannin, color, and flavor to the blend. And Petit Verdot has attracted attention among winemakers, like this microbiologist, Magic Man, in the mm-hmm. New World, which is basically the United States. is mm-hmm. mostly New World wines. California is basically New World. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that this particular bottle is out of Paso Robles, California, because in this area it ripens much more reliably and has been actually cultivated into a single varietal wine. So you're seeing a lot more Petit Verdot coming out of California that's not blended with anything else because these are the conditions that are right for it to thrive, which is awesome. Um, it's also used in, quote, stiffening the mid-palate of Cabernet Sauvignon blends. Oh. It's stiffening something mm, for me. Yeah, well. you know it. Oh, my so God. So this grape has some aromas of banana and pencil shavings. So I love that that's oh, come used. On. No, that's a <laughs> common one that's used for, like, a woody scent. Okay. Because, actually, pencil shavings do have a pretty specific smell yeah. to them. But it just sounds so that. stupid. I know. Well, it's, it's like it's a little bit of the lead, too. I love mm. the smell of pencil shavings. Oh, there you go. I'm going to steal that one for when I'm trying to sound sophisticated. Earthy. Yeah. Number two pencil. Um, (laughs) Strong tones of violet (laughs) and leather develop as it matures. And this bottle has a velvety mouthfeel with hints of dark fruit, blackberry, and oak. This is aged nine months in French oak to add notes of cedar and vanilla, and it's right in that sweet spot at 13.6%. Admittedly, this is a more expensive Wink bottle. It's about $27, so it would definitely be a splurge, but I can't even begin to tell you how worth it it is. I've had this in my box before. Um, So let's Mm -hmm. pop it open and enjoy it again, shall we, ladies? Let's do it. it. Let's do it. I put it in one of my recent boxes, Mm. and I cannot wait to taste it when I'm back in the States. It's really good. And it's nice and mild. So, it's again, it's not highly acidic. It has a little bit of tannin to it, but you don't need to decant this. Like, it's going to taste really good right out of the bottle. All right. We ready for the nice pack? Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, she's struggling. (gasps) Okay. Oh, she's struggling, girl. (laughs) You can do it. I know you can do it. I know you can do it. <laughs> Not a server. <laughs> this is amazing. This is amazing. It's really not working. You can do it. You can do oh it. Oh my do god. It. You can do it. Can you can you cut all of this, please? Probably not. Uh. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. I feel it. I feel it. Oh Jesus. Oh, don't, oh, don't stop. Don't stop. Oh. <laughs> Was that it? Was that wet, sad sound, the pop? Oh, my God. Kenyon's like a 15-year-old boy with your premature pop, like, out of nowhere. 
I was not ready. Premature and I was is not a very finished, common sir. condition, and we're not pop shaming her right now. Uh, all right. Pop Just well, to be clear, well that was not the petite verdo. Amanda already drank the petite verdo, so Sorry. I popped a random ass bottle here in South Africa and totally nailed it. She likes to get her opportunity to pop too, though I don't think I will ever give that opportunity to her again after this display. <laughs> of she likes it, but she's also lost her privileges. Yep, so. She's cut off. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Cheers! <laughs> what is the background in psych for bio crimes? <laughs> Kenyon tends to her wounds that she clearly sustained during this event. I think my hands are just too sweaty to really open bottles of wine. I mean, at least the cork didn't break. That's the worst. Yeah, and you gotta yeah. push it through, and then you're just drinking cork in there. <laughs> it tastes like pencil shavings and cork. <laughs> So classy. It's so authentic. There are literal chunks of cork in here. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's not so much the flavor of the cork, but the, the texture, texture of the cork you is coming to, through very clearly. You get to savor it, chew it for a while. <laughs> I'd not only decant this, I'd also sift it. Yeah, you might want to yeah, put I'd this through a it. colander. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, love you right. so much. Okay. <laughs> oh, bio crime. All right. Biological Yay. agents. Uh, there was a shitload to cover in this category, you guys. So I'm going to be yeah. a little bit all over the place, but I think that when I'm done, it'll give us a good background to discuss your cases. So Kay. bear with me here. Mm-hmm. All right, a biological agent, at least when we're referring to something like harmful agents, um, are also known as biological threat agents, biological warfare agents, or biological weapons. Mm -hmm. So any Mm -hmm. of those phrases. It's defined as a bacterium, virus, protozoan, parasite, toxin, or fungus that can be used purposefully as a weapon. Most of these pathogens... Yeah, most of these are <laughs> pathogens, which means they are living, replicating things. The exception in that mm-hmm. list is toxins, because toxins are a byproduct of a pathogen, and it's it's like a substance that isn't able to multiply on its own. So, for example, snake venom is a toxin. Oh, would, okay. Cool. Would a roommate's kombucha be considered a biological <laughs> weapon? Yes. <laughs> If it makes you sick, yeah. yeah. Perfect. What do they Good call the? Is it what is it the the mother like the mother? Yeah, the is mother. The big glob of yeah. Yep. At the bottom <laughs> that makes it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Please don't write to us about kombucha. We're like half joking, except I'm fully not joking. No, kombucha is delicious. I just I don't want to see how the sausage is made. That shit is nasty. Yeah. yeah. My former coworker um, might be listening to this right now, but she was making kombucha and she had the mother and like then she was done done with the mother. So she gave it a funeral and put it down her sink, but like had a little memorial for her. Is it safe to put it down the sink? Is like it doesn't have like legs. No, No, it's a natural. It's a natural thing. It's not harmful. It's why you're fucking drinking it. Yeah, it's not going to hurt you. I've drink. Drank plenty of things that were harmful that hurt me, but it's fine. I mean, hi. 
You're you're not gonna poison the water supply with somebody a mother. poison the water hole. <laughs> somebody flushed their mother. There's a snake in my boot. Okay. We should keep going. Sorry. One okay. sentence in. We said we weren't gonna interrupt. <laughs> I mean drinking game. <laughs> oh, I don't have enough booze, you guys. I, don't I can't have do that again. Function to do that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need time to rebuild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so the types of biological agents that we're talking about differ widely based on the lethality. Maybe my new favorite word: mm-hmm. um, the length of incu- incubation, infectiousness, stability, and the ability to be treated with available medicines and vaccines. So this is what a. Is- what is the stability? Like how long it can survive outside of uh, like outside a, of okay. cryogenic chamber or zone. a human body or something? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Like there are a lot of diseases where if it was just like out, you know, viruses out in the open without oh. anything to without any like host. I'll be talking about that in my case. Mm-hmm. Hello, mm-hmm. Shabbat shalom. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so excited. Uh, they can also be disseminated when they're used as weapons as aerosols, liquids, powders, or they can be introduced directly into food or water. Mm. And so I'm not terrifying. Going, I'm not going to com- uh, purport to know that those are the only ways they can be disseminated into a population, but, you know, those, those are, are some like common ways. Those are like the most ways. common ways. Yeah. yeah. When Got they're it. weaponized like that. Right, right, right. Jello, hat dish. <laughs> hat dish. <laughs> Sneezing sexually. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there are five uh, main categories of bioweapons. We kind of went over a couple of these, but I'm going to be more specific about them. So bacteria. Bacteria is single-celled organisms that cause diseases. So one example or a couple examples of a bacteria biological agent would be anthrax and the plague. So I am talking about anthrax in my case, kind of in detail. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, I thought you had something else to say. Nope. 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 That's it. All right. All right. Just wanted to put that out there. Uh, Something called on anthrax. (laughs) You something called you can have it. (laughs) Dibs on anthrax. Okay. New button. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Another category is rickettsia, uh, which is a type of bacteria, but it's different from bacteria, so it's its own category. And rickettsia is, a natu- is natural parasites of things like lice, fleas, and mites, and Ooh. they cause fevers like typhus. Ooh. And I heard that now the latest research is saying that Rats didn't spread the bubonic plague. No. It was actually lice. Yeah, it's it was the lice on the rats. But, but how were they to rat. know back then? Go brown rat. Right. Oh my god. Still eradicated. <laughs> oh my god. The disease by killing the black rats. It's like the only thing I remember from our AP European history is, class. Is that is how the you chant, remembered Go it? Go brown rat. Go brown rat and also Voltaire. Voltaire. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Oh my god. Um, okay, another category is viruses, which are intracellular parasites. They are much smaller than uh, bacteria, and mm. they can cause things like uh, Venezuelan equine encephalitis. Ooh, that doesn't sound sounds good. Exotic. So, you're equi- a horse. Equ- 
queen, you know, mm-hmm. relates to horses, but it can mm-hmm. also affect other animals, including humans. So it's mm-hmm. it's spread a lot through horses and mules. And there are lots mm-hmm. of different types of this particular kind of disease. Um, but it, it can affect humans and it can spread really quickly. So that's why it's... Any kind of encephalitis is, yeah, is no. scary to think or about. Or can make and you go pigeons. insane. Pigeons can have encephalitis. Just saying, and that birds me are the out. worst. Mm-hmm. Birds yep. are horrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, another category is fungi. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> Those are primarily u- for use against crops. So these are some crop like ailments that I just really liked the names of. So oh, here we God. go. Oh, God. Okay. Fungi can cause rice blast, cereal, oh. cereal rust. <laughs> Wheat smut. I have that. <laughs> These are like descriptions Guaranteed. of my shits. Well, the last one is potato blight. <laughs> I, I like wheat dropped smut. a potato blight this morning after having a few cocktails last night. So can relate. Oh, hard. the touch of rice blast. <laughs> Sorry, I can't come into the work after today. After effect was rice blast. rice blast and potato Started blight. with a couple rice blasts. Ended with a wheat smut. finished out with smut. some cereal rust. <laughs> this is why you wipe, people. This is why you wipe for the cereal rust. Go brown rat. Always wipe. Go brown rat. Always wipe. Oh my god. Never trust your butthole. <laughs> New Never. button. Take your New. butthole's word for it. <laughs> New button. <laughs> this is how I know that was a good episode. I did not remember saying that until nope. I listened to the episode. I was like, I was on point. I was not yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Don't trust your butthole. Don't trust it. <laughs> All right, last category toxins. Which are poisons that can be weaponized after extraction from, for example, snakes, insects, spiders, marine organisms, etc. So one example of a toxin is ricin, which mm. is a toxin derived from the seed of the castor bean. Ooh. And became famous through uh, the television show Breaking Bad. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. Best TV show in history. Well, history. It's up there. Speaking of history, have I have opinions. some historical uh, biological agent examples. The okay. first known use was recorded in Hittite texts dating mm. back to around 1400 BC, in which victims of tularemia were driven oh. into enemy lands and caused an epidemic. So, oh, wow. tular- tularemia, did I spell that right? Tularemia, tularemia. Uh, it's, it's, it's basically like a fever that you get, you have blisters and it's very treatable today, but I'm sure back in 1400 BC, like that was a death sentence for a lot of people. So yeah, yeah. there's a really great podcast, um, called this podcast will kill you and it's on hiatus right now, but I binged their whole first season in like one day. Like it's so good. And it's all (laughs) about, um, different communicable diseases or infectious diseases it's so good you guys go okay. check it out this, okay. this podcast so into will kill that you. stuff oh my god yeah it's two scientists uh chatting about it uh, with <sighs> cocktails it's great i 
want them to be listening right now, and I want them to invite me onto their show. That'd be great. I... Basically fangirled super hard in their Twitter DMs. Slid real hard into their Twitter DMs. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping that they're listening. They were very friendly. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, you guys. Stassi what? liked my tweet we the other know. night. We were so excited. Kenyon has really no idea understand. who that is. From Vanderpump no. Rules. Okay, so Still Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. You know the franchise, Real Housewives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. One yep. of the women from that show, Lisa Vanderpump, I assume that the crew came to film The Real Housewives and then saw Lisa's restaurant, which is called Sir, and saw what a clusterfuck the restaurant and all of her staff were. And they're also insanely attractive. So, like, of course, they deserve their own TV show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and like, <laughs> to be yeah. fair, Stasi is like kind of a hot mess and like a terrible feminist, oh, but she's entertaining. She's the so meanest. She's yeah. so mean. Yeah, but yeah. that's yeah. why yeah. I love her because wine, she follows wine and crime. I think yeah, so. Yeah, I know. That's why Hi, I tweeted Stassi. at her. Hi, Stasi. Don't say she's mean. I don't <laughs> know who you are. She knows she's mean. mean. No, this she's mean. Not, she knows it. This is not like she's completely self-aware. Okay. She won't right. be hearing this for the first time. It's why we She's like, like her. She's like Kenyon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Then I feel you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> She's also super sassy. Like, mm, I think that's sassy, why I identify sassy. so hard with her. She just says the bitchiest things, and I fucking love it. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, so more examples in history. Homer's Iliad and the Odyssey contain instances of soldiers dipping their arrows in poison, which technically mm. counts as biological warfare. Mm, during, right. during the 4th century BC, Scythian archers dipped their arrows in snake venom, human blood, and animal feces so that the wounds Ooh. inflicted by those arrows are, like, deaf gonna be infected. Yeah. Yep. Gross, mm-hmm. but smart. I thought that was smart. Yeah. Um, the Mongol Empire, which was like east asia they that those soldiers those armies moved so quickly that they were able to transport the bubonic plague into areas that had not encountered it before thereby initiating the black death that killed 25 million people in china and about one third of europe's population yeah so i didn't know that was from the mongols yeah they they moved so quickly that they were able to carry their in like infections themselves it's because it takes like three days or something for like bubonic plague to kill yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's why it was pretty isolated into that region of like east asia and Mm. from what i read that was completely purposeful they were like bringing Mm -hmm. that shit over and they ended up changing history it's a fucking black death also invented steak tartare Love because they it. rode so quickly, they didn't. I heard this on a podcast recently, and I don't remember which one. I think it was probably History of English. Podcast. Is this the thing about they put it under their saddles or whatever? I feel like yeah. you already talked about this on an episode like two weeks ago. Okay, all right, I'll stop. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> Just do I don't not remember that. Hear it again. Doesn't say much though. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so they ate raw beef. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tenderized by the <clears throat> saddle. Oh. During the Middle Ages, uh, soldiers would catapult poop and corpses infected by bubonic plague over castle walls to infect those inside. I thought that was pretty rad. <laughs> Dope. You're so corpses. evil. Yeah. I mean, it's inventive. Yeah. Hey, it's smart. you're absolutely right. 
English yeah. English longbowmen did not draw their swords from their quivers on their back, but instead they stuck them into the ground in front of them. And this was both so that they could like reload faster and also because the the dirt would be on the tips of their arrows and they would infect the wounds also. Not that these people weren't constantly dirty all the time, no matter what. Right. But a little bit added bonus. I mean, they were filthy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people died from infection, but if you made sure that your your weapon that's going to, like, be driven into these people's bodies and Under organs skin, yeah. were fucking filthy, then, yeah, they're, pro- they're you know, that's a lot harder yeah. to treat than just an arrow On hole. the skin. Yeah. True. Yep. And then uh, this this classic here in North America, the British gave smallpox blankets to the natives, and mm-hmm. it is estimated. And this is all estimations because, from what I read, it hasn't been like solidly proven, apart from some correspondences that they found from generals telling people to like deliver these specific blankets. Mm-hmm. Um, estimated that up to 500,000 Native people died from smallpox during Pontiac's rebellion in the years after that, which is mm. when those blankets sort of made their yeah. first appearance. Wow. Yeah, it was like the French-Indian War mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. jazz. Like, I think so. I'm really sorry, guys. Yeah, a lot of white guilt. Yeah. A lot of American white guilt, specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had an ancestor who fought in the French and Indian War, but he sounded like he was a real fucking dick. Yeah. And then after the French and Indian War, um, he was uh, kidnapped from his home and scalped and killed. Oh, well. Sorry about it. Kind of deserved sorry. it. Totally deserved it. Sorry. Like. Sorry about yeah. it. Yep. Anyway. I mean, I'm really really white. I probably have a scalped ancestor somewhere in there who is a real asshole, Yeah, you got a bunch of French-Canadian. Yeah, you definitely were not on the right side of history. Um, Also, all the smallpox blankets in Central and South America that explorers used to kill millions of indigenous peoples. There were thousands of examples of biological weapons on this page i was just sort of choosing the like some of the coolest ones (laughs) and then also Mm -hmm. ones that you would recognize as like oh yeah i've heard that before Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. the last example that i have here is during the cold war period the u.s army chemical corps developed something called a bomblet what that would spell that b-o-m-b-l-e-t bomblet Uh, i'm noping real hard on that like an omelet with a B. <laughs> okay, bacon omelet, omelet. Um, and that so that when those were detonated, they would spray anthrax or some other chemical agent like over a huge area. So. Oh, good. That's something that exists. Uh huh. So glad. <laughs> that's where we're sending our country's best and brightest. God bless. Um, develop weapons of war. Yeah. Um, so speaking of which, some common biological weapons that would be good candidates for warfare and that the Department of Defense is concerned about currently oh, dear. include okay. ricin. Oh, mm-hmm. this is, these, these words are so long. You can Staphylo- do it. Staphylococcal entero- enterotoxin B, Ooh. which okay. is shortened to SEB. Mm-hmm. Anything with staph in it at the beginning, and you know, cockle. is real bad. 
or toxin yeah. at the well, end. Like, this has both of the words that you don't want. Uh, yeah, to hear. Staphylococcal enterotoxin. <laughs> yeah, not bad. bad. B. Bad. Which means there's, there's an, an A. a. <laughs> then maybe a C. Fuck. There are up to 26 <laughs> versions of this. <laughs> of this toxin. And that's just in the Roman alphabet. Yeah. Oh, Enterotoxin no. W. Oh no. Uh, I I'm not even gonna try to pronounce a lot of you these, have but to. Um, you have oh God. to. All right. <laughs> Botulinum toxin and T yep. two mycotoxin, mycotoxin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the infectious agents responsible for anthrax, cholera, pneumonic plague. Uh, tularemia, which we talked about, mm-hmm. Q fever, like the letter Q, which I googled, I and I think it's just that one. It's kind of like a, it's just like a, it's just like it's kind of a standard fever. So mm-hmm. I suppose okay. it depends on the severity and where you are to get treated for it, is how lethal it is. And probably if you're like a an infant or elderly or exactly. like otherwise immunosuppressed, yeah. yep. Uh, smallpox, which we talked about. Glanders, mm-hmm. which I'm not really Ooh. even sure Glanders? what that is. Sounds, Glanders. That sounds like a World War One battle. Just the Battle of Glanders. <laughs> Glanders <laughs> fields. Ned, Ned Glanders. <laughs> not good. This is not good at all. <laughs> uh, the equine encephalitis, which we talked about. Ebola, which is yep. my personal favorite virus. Oh, my Quick God. Quick anecdote about Ebola. Oh, can't oh, wait. So, <laughs> I was reading friends. The Hand Zone the other day on an airplane. No, One of no. my favorite books <laughs> ever. Book it's ever. so good. So good. So good. No, okay. You read that in, like, sixth grade, Lucy. I remember that really vividly. Yeah. I know. The Hot Zone. Yeah. I read okay. The Hot Zone and then Lolita in succession in seventh grade. It was <laughs> a, a rough year. Yeah. <laughs> Learned a lot. A lot, a lot of questions. Yeah, a lot, lot of questions. questions. My parents made some phone calls. So much underlining. <laughs> um, Explains Ran out of everything. Holidays. Real fast. My dictionary was dog-eared. Um, okay. No. Okay. My Ebola anecdote. So our friend Eric uh, did Peace Corps in Sierra Leone and uh, then continued working in Sierra Leone afterwards, and he actually still lives there. Um, but he came back home to New York uh, during the height of the Ebola stuff because he was not a health care worker. Oh, well, he yeah. wasn't a healthcare worker. You know, he was, like, doing building projects in villages. So He was in the areas, though. Yeah, yeah. So he came back to New York, and um, he, like, got sick and, like, had a fever and was in Manhattan. <laughs> and um, no. it was the height of the, like, Ebola frenzy. Like, there was one case somewhere in the United States, and, you know, every, it was, like, front-page news, 24-7 yeah. news, whatever. And, this, and was the, met- this was the one that was, like, what, three years ago or four years ago? Because we, I feel like we have scares every so often. Yeah, here. we had one within no, the last the five one, years, I thought. It was the one like four years ago. Yeah. Because yeah. we were in the States, but and then soon moved to South Africa. Yep. Um, 
And I think okay. we even said to you and Zach, like, are you sure you want to move to Africa? Yeah. There's yeah. an Ebola Careful. outbreak. <laughs> yeah. There's no Ebola in South Africa no. yet. <clears throat> that um, you know of. Okay. There's a lot in Madagascar. Um, okay. <laughs> so then it was like all these news reports, like there's a patient with suspected Ebola in New York. Like, no, you know, it was whatever, not him. Batten down the, it was him. Yeah, Our was friend him. My was the suspected God. Ebola patient. They quarantined him. He was in one of those, like, totally plastic wrapped rooms. <laughs> I feel like Everything. I read about this in, in yeah. like, the New York Times online or something. Everyone yes. did. It was a Everyone thing. Everyone read. Holy it was everywhere. Shit. Well, it you're was famous by proxy. And then he texted Zach. And was like, hey, man, like, you know, all this Ebola stuff, like, it's me. And Zach was like, haha, good one. You know, oh. like, what are you doing later? And he was no, like, nah, bro, really. for real. I'm not doing I'm anything. Here. I'm a bubble boy right now. Yeah. <laughs> fully yeah. quarantined. <laughs> and, like, the New York Daily Post printed their text exchange in which yes. Zach said, oh, well, you had a good run. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So Zach's Who gave the too? post their exchange? What? Your friend? Who sold yeah, they, that exchange to the he post? He didn't sell it. He didn't sell it. He just gave it. He did a few interviews. He did not have Ebola. He had malaria. It was all fine. <laughs> it was all a relief. He's fine. He's totally fine. Not to make light of victims of Ebola and malaria because they're Absolutely super not. deadly. But well, like, for sure. Yeah. Our but friend he's was okay. practically, he like, was patient zero. He also took a taxi to the <laughs> hospital when he thought he had Ebola. Jesus Not cool. I might have Ebola. Let me go catch a cab real quick. Oh, my God. The yeah. one aspect of Ebola, so when I say it's my favorite virus, that does sound really insensitive because it's a horrific disease, but it's, like, fucking smart. Yeah. Like it's, the, yeah. It's, when the, you research the, it a little bit, it's super fascinating for sure. The, the virus... You bleed from, like, every orifice. Then, of course, your blood is contaminated. But then you get seizures. So you're, mm -hmm. like, whipping your blood Spreading and infecting everyone. And like, there's I, a purpose for that. That is, that's, yeah, that's exactly why it. your body's doing that. So that the virus can spread. It's so fucking crazy. It's so it's, crazy. Yeah. So I have, I guess, have a, a degree of respect for this particular virus. So mm -hmm. also, if yeah. you haven't read The Hot Zone, fucking do yourself a favor and read oh it. It's God, so it's good. Oh, my God. It's so good. Um, okay, dysentery. <laughs> uh, from Less Oregon cool. Trail. Yep, yeah. you have died of dysentery. What I'm Dips concerned I have two to three times a week. Oh God. Every time movement. I drink milk. <laughs> yeah. Diphtheria. <laughs> After gelato dysentery. Smallpox, yellow fever, Congo Crimean hemorrhagic fever. Wow. That's another Here's one of those things you really don't want to have. No. Staph, olecocal anything, and yep. hemorrhagic anything. Yeah. Yep. And then these last four are my favorites to say Machupo, Junin, Lhasa, and Monkeypox. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> don't know what they are, but they just sounded kind of fun. So I yep. wanted to read them. Okay, biological weapons technically inclu include chemical weapons, radiological weapons, and nuclear weapons, but biological weapons alone are not really the same. Like, they're, they are related to each other, and they're technically in the same 
like category mm-hmm. for the Department of Defense, but they're not the same for one reason. While they do cause mass death, they don't destroy, for example, a, com- a country's infrastructure, buildings, or equipment. Hmm. Um, that said, biological these types- weapons don't. Yeah. That yeah. said, these types of weapons, biological weapons, are exceedingly dangerous because they are indiscriminate. They'll fucking kill anyone. Yeah. They are they are difficult to control to control and contain. They cause pandemics, like as a mm-hmm. side effect, and then, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. The list goes on. Mm-hmm. So they are like a weapon of mass mass destruction, but they're not the same as as like nuclear warheads or anything like that sure 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 and this for this episode we exclusively focused on biological weapons not chemical and otherwise because we need to have enough episode topics to keep this train rolling yeah having said that though i did get a little bit of information on chemical warfare agents just so we can kind of establish the difference Mm -hmm. um so chemical agents are not living and they are not byproducts of living organisms like toxins. Yep. So chemical warfare agents are classified by the DOD into three categories, which include lethal, which cause, which are um, choking blood and nerve agents, mm-hmm. um, blister agents, which can be lethal, but are most, mostly designed to damage the skin. So and like then, they're lethal if, if, like your whole body becomes one big wound and then you get infected and die. And die. Yeah. 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 Like having yep. burns all over your body. Right. Yep. Um, and then incapacitating, which are agents that cause psychological or mental effects that yeah. lead to temporary disin- disabilities. This can include lacrim- uh, lacrimators, which affects your eyes. So like uh, tear gas. Oh, my uh, God, yeah. Sternulators, which Uh-oh. cause sneezing and nausea, and that could include something like pepper spray. Oh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And then um, psychochemical agents, so like LSD. We've all heard about that, like the Wormwood yeah. documentary. Yeah, heard about and like, it. Only heard about it. Yep. I mean it yep. as a weapon, as oh, a yeah. weapon of war. <laughs> yep. Yes, uh, yeah. only heard about yeah, it. Yeah, Read about sure. it in books. Yeah. What about... Googled it um, once. What about that thing in Cuba where, like, all the U.S. diplomatic people had to be sent home because there was some, like, something was happening with their hearing? Did they ever figure out what that was? Because I heard about it, but I don't think there was any conclusions. Yeah, the resolution But there was something, like, there must have been something like a sound bomb, basically, at a frequency that you can't hear but can still, like fuck up your hearing so uh-huh. could and that cause could like headaches be... and migraines and all this shit so could that fall under the category of biological weapon since it's no. affecting well, you if it's, was... if it's a sound wave no yeah because yeah, it's not it's a biological agent it just can fuck you up yeah and it wouldn't be chemical okay. then either it would right. just be i don't know what that would be weird a different some thing. sort of sonic weapon interesting um, Okay, just a couple couple more graphs here. More than 1,200 different kinds of potentially weaponizable bioagents have been identified. 1,200. The, de- the Department crazy. of Defense includes these in what they call CB agents. So C is chemical and B is biological. They lump them together for okay. the most part okay. for their purposes. Good to know. Okay. Um, effects of these bioagents 
uh, exposure to the bioagents are wide ranging. So low level exposure doesn't necessarily have acute effects, but over the long term, they can result in things like chronic illness and like high- agent orange whatever. Yeah. But that had acute effects. I mean, obviously also, but even people that survived initially acutely survived then, you know, decades later, we're still suffering. Yeah. So I was effects. thinking also of Aaron Brockovich. Mm. Oh, like the water was yep. causing cancer, cancer years yeah. down the road. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, high level exposure can mean uh, many different things, and effects effects range based on the agent used. So, I mean, that could be blisters, scarring, burns. You know, anything, any acute effects from direct exposure. Um, and then also depending on the agent used, exposure can be very difficult to measure, especially if it's on the low end. Like, mm-hmm. if if uh, if there was some sort of uh, detonation twenty miles from me right now, I wouldn't have any acute effects p- potentially. I wouldn't even maybe know that it happened. But mm-hmm. based on how far away, and even if I don't develop a chronic illness in the long term, I could still mm-hmm. be affected to some degree. It's just like. Or your children could be close to impossible to measure. Exactly. It could warp my DNA. defects. Yeah, Yeah, that's so fucked up how you can pass it on. It's so sad. And again, it's different for any of these 1,200 identified agents. So to study it and to measure it is is like mind bending in a way. It's it's Mm. it's too it's very difficult. Uh, So the last little thing of a little bit of legality here. This is from the UN website. In 1975, the Biological Weapons Convention was enforced. Uh, It was kind of like started gaining signatures in 72, and in 75 it sort of started. It was the first. Yeah, they have to have a certain number of signatories before it, yeah, yeah, becomes enforceable. It was the first multilateral disarmament treaty banning the development, production, and stockpiling of an entire category of weapons of mass destruction. Um, And and I think that's just because it's so wide-ranging and so vast and potentially really fucking easy to develop that that the UN was just like, nope, none of it. Like, don't even go there. Nothing. Uh, Under this agreement, participating states provide annual reports of things like vaccine production facilities, sharing their research, um, sharing reports of outbreaks of diseases, etc. It currently has 180 state parties. There are 11 states that have either not signed or not ratified, and this might be because biological warfare is a hell of a lot cheaper and easier than developing nuclear weapons. Yep. Yeah. So there are... There are a handful of states that are just like, mm, I'm going to keep this in my back pocket. Yep. I'm good. What about Syria? Because Syria has used biological and chemical weapons in the to, last, like, five years. Tis my next sentence. Okay. So there are... <laughs> I looked at a map of countries that had signed the this uh, convention treaty... And mm-hmm. most of the ones that hadn't signed it are in Africa, but there must be a bunch that haven't or that have signed it, but are still like using biological agents mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because despite having this convention in place in 2008, according to a U.S. Congressional Research Service report, China, Cuba, hey, Cuba, 
Egypt, Iran, Israel, North Korea, Russia, Syria, and Taiwan were considered with varying degrees of certainty to be maintaining bioagents in an offensive uh, biological weapon program capacity. So, And of course, the U.S. probably has strains of everything out there and more in a quote-unquote defensive capacity. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just a quote-unquote research capacity, but it's actually yeah. for fucking weapons. Quote-unquote, yeah, we're yeah. going to do whatever the hell we want, no matter what we've signed and ratified. Yep. They're keeping them in one of those pseudo-territories where, like, the Constitution doesn't apply or whatever yep. we talked about right. last week. Yeah. What was that? Uh, <laughs> what the fuck was that called? Something territory. Liminal space. God <laughs> desert. Damn it. Nevada I was too desert. Drunk. I can't remember what it was called, and I'm not yeah. gonna look it up. Uh so that's all my research. I hope nice that work. that educated yeah. us on what well, we're talking about. Now if your clinical anxiety and depression are super triggered I like know. mine are. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry. You might want to consider joining Talkspace. Yes. Mm-hmm. Gals, what is Talkspace? Your turn, Talkspace. <laughs> well, now that's my turn. I forgot. It's the convenient, affordable, and convenient way <laughs> I love it. to talk to a licensed therapist in your area in your, who is licensed in your area yeah and <laughs> nailed it you can we are sign so up. good at this <laughs> you can sign up for it. it the plans start as low as $32 a week correct and when you sign up you are you uh uh, you take a little survey and you can be matched with three therapists and you get to look at their profile and you choose the one that you think that you would uh, that would help you the most mm-hmm. and then you are free to uh, voice chat them text them like any mm-hmm. way of Face communicating time, from your freaking cell phone yeah. yeah it's all in your pocket you have access to them at any time they do have office hours so they won't be replying to you at every moment of the day but you can you know, get your thoughts out when you're, if you're having a, a hard time, yeah, you can you communicate can, with them and then they can give you your feedback. You need to. Yeah. And it's, we like it because again, like all of our sponsors, we don't have to leave the house to right. enjoy their yeah. services. And mm-hmm. also as all three of us experience anxiety to varying degrees, but mm-hmm. it's just hard to leave the house sometimes. It's hard to schedule yep. an appointment, to stick to it, to drive past the McDonald's on your way home. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just that temptress. Yeah. It's hard and to see the future you had built in your head robbed of you by your former lover. So like ass baby man. It's nice to have someone to talk to when mm-hmm. that unfortunately happens to you. Mm-hmm. And again, my favorite part about Talkspace is that all of your uh, communication is, you know, obviously written down. It's recorded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I several times have gone back and seen the kind of feedback that Katie gave me about like, you know, get outside, go out with your friends, force yeah. yourself, whatever, just clean mm-hmm. your house, take a bath, all of these ideas to, self-care you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. self-care stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crucial. Mm-hmm. It's so great. It's great. It's just, it's therapy for the fucking modern world. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing. 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to get $30 off your first month, go to talkspace.com forward slash gals, G-A-L-S. And uh, yeah, treat your brain. Do it. Treat we can't recommend it highly brine. enough. Treat your brain. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. Kenyon. Take it away. I'm assuming it's a depressing case from Russia. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and... No! Oh, what? Not Russian. Not Russian. But it is depressing. Not as bad as most of my cases. What? A rare treat, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there are still deaths. still a murder podcast. I mean, (laughs) it's a crime podcast. No no children. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, For once. All right, so I will be covering the case of Amerithrax. What? That sounds like like a credit company. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say, literally the worst code name in the history of code names. Amerithrax. (laughs) Also known as the 2001 U.S. anthrax attacks. Yes, I was this close to calling this, and then I was like, no, I'm going to go deeper. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm so glad you're covering this. I kind of vaguely remember all of this. You guys probably do, too. We were freshmen in high school. Mm -hmm. I remember it perfectly because that was the first year that my mom and I took a trip to New York, to New York City. Was yep. while this shit was going yep. down, <laughs> and yep. we were soups yep. paranoid. It was actually kind of fun in retrospect. Uh, my family, we canceled that trip. I wish we had gone. Okay, anyway, so on September eighteenth, two thousand one, just one week after the September eleventh attacks, uh, the first in a series of letters laced with the highly infectious bacterium Bacillus anthracis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, more commonly known as anthrax, uh, were sent to several news media outlets and later the Senate offices of two high-profile Democrats, Senate Majority Leader Tom Daschle and Patrick Leahy of Vermont. Okay. Um, so the, the first letters were sent September 18th, then the Daschle letter was sent in early October, and the Leahy letter was sent in uh, mid-November. Okay. 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 Um, couple things to know about anthrax. It can occur in the skin, lungs, intestinal tract, or um, at an injection site. So, like, mm. uh, injection drug users sometimes will leave themselves vulnerable to uh, anthrax infections in yeah. the injection site. Wow. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't either, actually. That's the, that's the most rare mm-hmm. form. Is it kind of um, like... Um, Oh my God! What's the stuff in like uh, insulation? Oh, that's asbestos. Nope. Yeah, asbestos. Mm-hmm. It's is not. it kind of like that? Not well, really. Asbestos is a isn't asbestos a chemical and anthrax is a biological. Yeah, agent? anthrax is a bacteria. Yeah, I it's think so. Is asbestos though? I don't think asbestos is a bacteria. I, don't I think, think so. it's a poisonous chemical. Yeah, that's I'm part of insulation. It. You look so. it up. But it is a set of six. With a. It is a set of six naturally occurring silicate minerals. Well, there you go. So okay. it's a mi- so, yeah. It's, a it's not alive. It's just a mineral, I guess. Yeah. So no, they're not similar. Okay. Um, anthrax can be spread through inhalation, ingestion, or contact with broken skin. So that kind of lines up with the skin, intestines, and lungs. Mm-hmm. Um. Skin or cutaneous infections make up 95% of all anthrax infectious cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and without treatment, those can be fatal 24% of the time. 
without any treatment. And with treatment, then the, the mortality rate goes down. So the skin infections look nasty, but yeah. um, they're not as deadly. Um, okay. Actually, if you guys want to look on the drive, no. there's some photos yeah. of you didn't. cutaneous anthrax <laughs> and they're really <laughs> <laughs> gross. Oh, oh, yuck. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, These will no. be on the drive, oh, y'all. no. Ew. <laughs> no. So oh, the, pri- <laughs> the, <laughs> the primary symptom is a blister that then develops into a black ulcer. <laughs> <in the skin. laughs> That's real bad. Lucy, maybe what Corey had on his thigh was an anthrax. <laughs> well, the doctor cut it out, so I think he's good Ew. now. Corey had a cyst, and it was, like, super nasty, and he uh, gave us too many details when we were well, there for the Super Bowl. <laughs> so it was It was, like, a blister under his skin, and it was right, like, behind his knee, so it just mm. hurt to walk. And then... He, one morning, I was getting ready in the bathroom. No, don't. It was, oh, no. I have to tell. I've gone too far. I was Did getting ready in the bathroom. Did you burst it without his consent? No. You, I am not that kind of a person. That's I'm that kind of woman. Ugh. I am. <laughs> we know. Yeah. I was getting ready in the bathroom. He comes in the bathroom, and he's like, oh, my leg really hurts today. Like, oh, it's it's getting worse. And I said, like, you should probably go to the doctor or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, maybe I'll go this afternoon. He goes back into the bedroom. Two seconds later, I hear, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and my, look, my, fir- my initial reaction is, did it get on the sheets? <laughs> And he's coming down the hallway and he goes, close your eyes, get out, you don't want to see this. She's like, the fuck I don't, I'm ready. He said that he just lightly touched it and it erupted and he said it was like the Blackberry Coolie they have in a squirt bottle at work for their desserts. He also said molasses. He said the text, the viscosity of molasses, but like black. fucking can't. Y'all. I just threw up in my mouth. I know. Yeah. I got so, this story firsthand with visual he went, aids. He went to the doctor, and the doctor was like, oh, yeah, I can fix this, and just grabbed a fucking knife out of the drawer and was like, lay in your stomach and don't turn around. <laughs> <gasps> and gave him, like, uh, a shot of, like, local anesthetic. I can't. And just yep. cut that bitch out. And Corey said that he kind of looked, and he no. just saw, Did like... He give him- a wad of bloody towels, Blech. like so what much liquid it? came out. Did, it was, was he given antibiotics? What? The it was fuck? A, it was a cyst that had turned that had gotten like a staph infection. Blech. Yeah, he could have died. I know, I know. It was really uh, gnarly. So he was on antibiotics, and long story short, he's fine now. But that was really gross. Oh my god! Also, I watched those pimple popping Stop. videos. I We're know done. they're so disgusting. I can't, can't. believe you do that. Who are you? What? Yeah. You I guys didn't watch them? Can't. No. I watched them for Fuck. hours. No. You made me watch no. one that you dubbed the grossest one you'd ever seen. Oh, yeah. And that I wasn't still even have a nightmares doctor. about it. That was it. just, like, people at home. That was disgusting. That was Getting so... Getting a blackhead out. Ugh. Oh, so good. It was, like, pointy, though. So it was, like, prickly. Ooh. I love it. I love it. Okay. All right, um, so that's cutaneous I'm also, like, anthrax. I'm like craving cottage cheese now. <laughs> um, 
The <laughs> fatality rate for intestinal anthrax infections is between 25 and 75 percent. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God. And then the most serious form is respiratory anthrax, which has a mortality rate of 50 to 80 percent, even with treatment. Oh, Ooh. shit. Okay. Um, so the respiratory one that is caused through inhalation of anthrax spores is the really, really, really bad one. Yeah. Um, the treatment is a course of antibiotics, usually for about two months. These include doxycycline and ciprofloxacin. Okay. Nicknamed Nailed it. Cipro. Okay. Okay. Respiratory anthrax first infects the lymph nodes in the chest and then moves on to the lungs. Uh, initial symptoms are often confused with the common cold or flu. Oh, okay. Um, so it can go can... untreated for a while. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Especially if you're someone who, like, hates to go to the doctor and is like, I'll be fine. Right. You well, know, like, who the fuck goes just... to the doctor for a cold? Like, no yeah. one does. Right. There's yeah. Especially do. if you do not can... have health insurance. Yeah. True. Been there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um... Fortunately, uh, respiratory anthrax is not usually spread between people. It's mostly spread through direct contact and inhalation of the spores themselves. Okay. So it's not like you can technically get it from someone coughing and then you inhaling, but that's much less common. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Anthrax is a naturally occurring bacteria, and it mostly infects livestock and then people who work with livestock. Um, but then, during World War One, it was developed into a biological weapon. Okay, mm. got it. Okay. Didn't know and that. Then became, yeah, and then it was developed, these strains were developed to be, like, stronger and stronger and stronger mm-hmm. for biological warfare purposes, basically. Yep. And bomblets. And bomblets. Mm, a delicious, so, what's the bomblet of the day? Toxic masculinity. <laughs> Um, okay. Can I have my bomblet with egg whites only? Mm. <laughs> Side of greens, please. Dry toast. <laughs> Watching my and finger. ranch. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, bomblet over easy. So um, <laughs> wait, an omelet can't be over I know. easy. I'm Fine. so confused. It was a joke. I'm so confused. Okay. I laughed. So. so the anthrax letters were sent to media outlets, including the New York Post, NBC, CBS, ABC, and the uh, company that owned the National Enquirer, among other like tabloid papers. Mm. Um, also sent to media figures like Tom Brokaw. <gasps> oh, he's an American treasure. Leave Tom Brokaw alone. Uh. <laughs> um. And these, the anthrax in these letters was a granular brown substance and mm. resulted in only cutaneous infections. Like sugar in the raw? It, that's what I'm picturing. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm picturing too. I'm picturing brown sugar. Because <laughs> if I got a letter full of what looked like sugar in the raw, I'd, I'd just it. be opening my mouth and tipping it back, ladies. Avalanche like, it. Without question. Like, getting all the... Oh, my the, God, that's so thoughtful. All the pieces Into of the chip out of the bottom of a bag, like, fully <laughs> neck, back, mouth I am open. mailing you sugar tomorrow. <laughs> yes. I you're going to go it. on another watch list, one yep. that you're not already on. <laughs> Good for her. How many could there possibly be? <laughs> okay, so... Meanwhile, the 
the letters sent to the Senate offices contained a very, like, ultra-fine white powder, and then this caused the far more deadly respiratory infections. Oh, okay. Um, the letter sent to Tom Daschle's office read, quote, 9-11-01, you cannot stop us. We have this anthrax. You die now. Are you afraid? Death to America, death to Israel, Allah is great. Oh, Lord. So this was like a month after 9-11? Less than, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, slightly less than a one month Some after 9-11. Some cuckoo bananas weirdo piggybacking off of a national fucking tragedy. Tragedy. Yeah. You yeah. Too soon, man. Too soon. Yeah. Similarly, the letter sent to Tom Brokaw read, 9-11-01, this is next, take penicillin now, death to America, death to Israel, Allah is great, and penicillin was misspelled. But also, Would, like, why advise Tom Brokaw to take antibiotics if you're sending just him trying to scare him. Like, Tom Brokaw, yeah. you are well, a national treasure. I don't want to kill you, but there is anthrax <laughs> in this envelope. Please take penicillin. I mean, if he died, it would be a murder charge instead of just terrorism or Save attempted yourself. murder. Yeah. No, I think it was just an intimidation thing. So, Would penicillin letters, help? I don't think so. It's not part of the treatment course, or maybe it's... Maybe it's not as effective as the I mean, other it's antibiotics. An, it might I don't not be know. a com. You you said the common treatments, right? Yeah. There are a good so amount of people know. that are allergic to penicillin. I'm one of them, so they just might not have listed it as a common treatment. Mm. Yeah. Take Cipro I now. Yeah. You're allergic much. to penicillin. Yeah, I'm allergic to penicillin. I've taken Cipro many times for infections because I can't take penicillin. Shit, man. Okay. I get hives. Um. Oh. <laughs> oh. <I know. laughs> um. Both letters clearly make allusions to the September 11th attacks, obviously, um, with the intent to draw suspicion to Islamic fundamentalist terrorists, possibly al-Qaeda. However, forensic linguists analyzed the letters and concluded that they were likely actually created by an educated native English speaker Uh attempting to mimic a sort of pidgin English. Yep. Um, this is based on the fluidity of the handwriting, which was pretty childlike, but it was still relatively fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, the proper use of capitalization mm-hmm. and uh, the mostly correct spelling with the perhaps intentional misspelling of penicillin, which itself was an English phonetic misspelling. Right, which someone who does not speak English as their first language would not have... The, like the same it that way. Yeah, the same level of skill mm. to do a phonetic spelling on an English word. It's like, I can't mm-hmm. fucking well, they, do a phonetic spelling on an yeah. Arabic word. A, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they would have just spelled it correctly because they would have been, like, Googling that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so these are the key clues. And I already mentioned the childlike handwriting, but then even more strikingly... The return addresses for the letters sent to the two senators read, quote, fourth grade Greendale School, Franklin Park, New Jersey. Oh, my God. I'm pretty sure this is near where my mom lives. Yeah, just to, like, ensure that they would be opened, I think. Wow. Like, oh, fan mail from an elementary school. 
Yeah. O-M-J. I was going to say, why would they put a legitimate return address? Right. But it makes a lot of sense that that was just a mechanism for ensuring that they opened it. Yup. Yeah, because of course they're going to open something from a fourth grade class. Yeah, I mean, they probably, probably get that shit gonna all the time. It's probably going to be adorable. Yeah. yeah. Did, did the uh, postmark match that return address? The, post, the postmarks were from Trenton, New Jersey. So close-ish. Hmm. But not really. Um, so at that time, uh, Senators Daschle and Leahy were at the forefront of attempts to subject the U.S. Patriot Act, which was uh, still under consideration after the September 11th attacks, to, like, serious review. So they were basically like, hold on, this is, like, a very sweeping piece of legislation. And, like, we're a one-week after mm-hmm. this horrible tragedy and like maybe we should cool our jets for a second. Mm-hmm. Can you remind me what specifically was outlined in the Patriot Act? I remember hating it, but I don't remember I think it was about security and like access to information, didn't it? It basically okay, was it the I'm airport this out of shit? my ass. No, it was way way broader than that. It was like what gave the government the right to surveil yeah, our communications. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it created the NSA or if it just gave the NSA like crazy new powers. Mm-hmm. Is that still um, a thing now? Yeah, I think so. I believe so. It might have been curtailed somewhat, but I think it's still I in don't effect. Know, actually. Okay. Um, Speculating wildly. <laughs> I should know, but I don't. Um, okay. An intern in Senator Daschle's office opened the letter addressed <gasps> to him because, no. like, obviously that's not going to be his job opening his own mail. Doink, like, but, oh it's going to be some underling. So this poor young intern opened the letter and was instantly aware of the situation, and then she bravely covered the opening of the envelope with her hand oh my God. to prevent it spreading to her colleagues and was literally holding it while she was telling everyone, like... Uh- Call nine one one. I would be running and get away from me and shaking the envelope in the air while I like flailed my arms wildly. Throw it up to the ceiling fan and then bolts. I would run to Steve King's office and (laughs) slip it under the door and offer him a lap dance. (laughs) (laughs) Want to touch my skirt? Oh my god! So this young woman clearly is much more like fit to hero. work in government than yeah. we are. Yeah, yeah, an actual hero. Um, so she had these very fine anthrax spores covering her skirt and shoes. Mm. Like she was wearing like a dark skirt and dark shoes, and yeah. there are these like white. There's white powder all over her. Oh, honey. Um, but she survived. Good. In total, however, there were five recorded deaths attributed to Amerithrax. Oh, God. I hate that name. I hate that name. I know. I hate it so much that I'm using it, just like leaf peeping. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ew, ew, ew. (laughs) So Robert Bob Evans was the first person to fall victim to the attack, and he worked as a photo editor at um, one of the subsidiaries kind of like the National Enquirer. Mm. Bob Evans? Like the sausage? Bob Stevens. Oh, oh, you said Evans for sure. I 
definitely heard Evans, and I definitely got hungry. I think you guys are just really hungry ghosts right now. Uh, I think if you we were said Evans. the tape, you would hear maybe, Evans. Maybe You'll know I'm days. the hungry ghost. Yeah, you're yeah. the hungry ghost. You'll know in a few days what you said. The call from the hungry ghost is coming from inside, inside the, the house. house. <laughs> call Bob Evans. Call Bob Evans. <laughs> But like, rest okay. in peace. I'm so sorry. Oh my god. Oh, oh my god. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, he was just a photo editor at a fucking newspaper. Yeah, just and minding his own business. Died. Honest, hardworking American. <sighs> um, another person uh, who actually survived was um David Hose. He was a postal worker who came into contact with the Leahy letter. Oh, was um, he delivering then- it? Yeah, oh, pretty God. much. And then um, he developed a respiratory anthrax and was in super critical condition. He was in a coma for like 18 days. Oh, my God. Damn. Um, and he lived? But he, ended, he lived. Holy shit. Um, but two other uh, postal workers died uh, from handling these letters. Thomas Morris Jr. and oh. Joseph Kersine Jr. Um, both died of respiratory Anthrax. Mm. Um, they're both. They were both postal workers in D.C. And then um, Kathy Nugent worked in a Manhattan hospital. She was from the Bronx. Um, and this is the craziest one. Um, Ottilie or Ottilie Lundgren, a 94-year-old woman from rural Connecticut. What? <laughs> <laughs> Non-discriminatory. One of my distant ancestors <laughs> fell ill with anthrax. She was Ottilie just quilting Lundgren. on her porch, minding Poor her baby. own. No, she was like basically a recluse, and the only thing she would do is like occasionally go to the post office to collect her mail. Oh no! And, and her mail was cross-contaminated. Oh, oh my no. god! And she's yeah. ninety-four, so like a strong yeah. wind probably could have taken her out. Yeah, I mean, she lived her life. Like, I mean, <laughs> not to be insensitive, but don't go on a cruise. You're gonna take flight. <laughs> I'm sorry. We shouldn't be laughing. I'm so sorry, Tilly. Yeah, but no, well, but think, to, yeah. what that says to me is that, like, probably a lot of people were exposed right. to, like, a low level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And thought that they had a cold or something and didn't, it didn't, it didn't escalate to the point of, yeah. you know, and a hospitalization. Though Lucy's uh, inference was <laughs> rude at best, age <laughs> certainly played a part in her... Yeah, that is so far from the rudest thing we've ever said on this show. So whatever, uncool. Not sorry. (laughs) We're victim focused. Yeah, Um, but my point is, these agents affect people differently for a myriad different reasons, including age. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yep. Yeah, that's the more smooth way of putting that. (laughs) Yeah, her her immune system was not up to fighting. No, this little Tilly. Old woman Lundgren. Um, so, uh, <laughs> seven, 17 additional people were infected but survived. Um, and again, it's unknown how many individuals were exposed but didn't develop infections or didn't develop serious enough infections to like get on the radar. 
but to give you a sense, over 32,000 people, mostly government, postal, and healthcare workers, mm-hmm. were given a treatment of antibiotics as a precaution. Wow. wow. Um, 4.8 million masks and 88 million gloves were what? purchased by the U.S. Postal Service for its employees. Holy Why'd shit! Why'd you gag at 40 at 88 million gloves? I, I don't. I think it was a surprise gag. I think it was a what? <laughs> what? Not a what? There's a very distinct difference. Like yeah. keep up. Yeah, it's like uh uh and uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh-uh. <laughs> to all of our international listeners are like, what? <laughs> We're turning this off. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh and uh-huh. uh-uh. Opposite uh-uh. meanings. Big uh-uh. uh-uh. And uh. <laughs> Can't you hear okay. it? <laughs> so the U.S. Congressional Postal Service, so like the Interior Congress Postal Service, was shut down, and 300 U.S. Postal Services or facilities were shut down and tested for anthrax. Um, Buildings, like whole buildings, had to be fumigated with chlorine dioxide. Oh, wow. Um, The estimated total cost of the cleanup was close to one billion U.S. dollars. Yikes. And this was from two envelopes with anthrax in them? I think five total letters. Oh, five. But still, like... Yeah. 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 Jesus. Yeah. Um, Okay, at the time, the FBI was not equipped to conduct the kind of scientific analysis necessary on these anthrax spores. Like, they they didn't have a a biological weapons forensic analysis unit. Protocol, yeah. Yeah. So um, they sent the samples to uh, USAMRID, which is the U.S. Army Medical Research Institute of Infectious Diseases. Mm. Okay. It's a mouthful. Let's do this. Yep. Uh, shockingly, though, analysis soon revealed that the hypervirulent strain of Bacillus anthracis used in the attack was the Ames strain, so called because it was first developed in Ames, Iowa. Shout oh my out. God. Yeah, they um, have. They've got a bunch of sciencey shit up there. Yep. The same exact kind used by facilities like USAMRID for developing military defenses against anthrax attacks. The so anthrax is coming from inside the house. Literally. <laughs> yeah. No, literally, that was their conclusion was like, oh, we're, we're investigating this attack at this facility and we think... The anthrax came from this facility. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine making that like revelation and then looking around at your coworkers? Oh, I'd be like, so scared. Yeah. I'd be <laughs> ultra so paranoid. Scared. That yeah. should be a movie. I actually. wouldn't trust any of you bitches. Any no. of you. I'd no. throw all of you under the bus. Yup, you'd be going down immediately. I'm out. I'm locking the door behind me. It was my <laughs> you guys second get oldest out. friend the in the world. <laughs> And my maid of honor, Lucy Fitzgerald. They're gone. They're gone. I'm locking the doors from the outside. And Amanda unwittingly helped. (laughs) I'm defending the rest of the world, really. Small sacrifice. Okay. Um, So this was not some homegrown or, quote, garage-grade anthrax. No. This was... It, it came from USAMRID. Yeah, military fucking anthrax. 
Yeah, military fucking grade anthrax. Um, also, the care with which the attacks <laughs> were carried out indicated that this was not the work of an amateur. Right. So, overnight, the very same scientists and experts who were assisting the FBI in the investigation became the investigation's primary suspect. Yep. Shyamalan <laughs> twist! <laughs> so Shyamalan good! Twist. Oh my god. Wait, it's a hang on. inside job. Got yep. a question. You, Samrid, yep. is that the Ames facility or was it just a no. similar facility? The Ames strain of anthrax was developed in a university lab in Ames, Iowa. Is that the University of Iowa? Yeah. Yeah. But you say so, no, no, no. Iowa State is in Ames, but so Iowa, it was so then the Ames strain of anthrax was developed in the Iowa State University lab, uh-huh. and and then it was being studied and used to create vaccines at USAMRID in Maryland, I think. Mm. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't cool. sure if it was, like, the same lab. No. Okay. Okay, good question, though. Okay, in terms of more traditional FBI investigative techniques, like fingerprinting and hair and fiber, whatever, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't, it didn't yield any breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. Like, they did all the standard investigation shit. They got nothing. Um... The FBI, headed up at the time by Bush appointee Robert fucking Mueller. Oh, uh, great. How topical. Woo! <laughs> a saint among men. Uh, <laughs> woo! Yeah. He hasn't fucked it up yet. I'll just say that. Please, God. Um, please, God. Please, God, help You're us all. You're all we have right now. And convict <laughs> Robbie. ASAP. Take, yeah. Take down Pence and Ryan while you're at it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, interviewed over 9,000 individuals throughout the course of the investigation and wow. issued over 6,000 subpoenas. Jesus. What a, guy. What a busy bee. Yeah. What a busy bee. I, I bet his arms are so ripped from issuing all those subpoenas. <laughs> mm. oh he looks like a hot bobblehead. I mean, hello, Robert Mueller. <laughs> 30, he is a silver thriving. fox. Yeah, but mm-hmm. also a bobblehead. It's like a weird. It's like a weird in between. I change yeah. my legs for Robert Mueller. <laughs> oh, hello! Wow. <laughs> TMI. Soft legs. We can get somebody impeached, and then I'll then I'll talk shaving. Okay. I said um, legs, then we'll put shaving vagina. on the table. Uh, Then we'll negotiate that level. Okay. A $2.5 million reward was also issued for information leading to an arrest, but this reward would never be claimed. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. In the summer of 2002, a virologist, U.S. Army scientist, and bioweapons researcher, Stephen Hatfill, Mm. was very publicly named as a person of interest in the high-profile case. Mm. Was his hat Mm. filled with anthrax? (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. Just had to ask. Those low-hanging hat That fruit. would be a dead giveaway. <laughs> Did you say low-hanging hat fruit? Yes. <laughs> so fucking okay. stupid. Oh, my God. Low-hanging hat fruit. <laughs> okay. Hat fill was... <laughs> hat fruit. 
was very vocal in his denials of any involvement in the attacks, holding multiple press conferences where he declared his innocence. So he basically didn't take it lying down. He was like, uh, no, fuck all y'all. I had nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. I am innocent. Prove it. Whatever. Multiple press conferences is never good. Well, I know. I can't tell if that's like overkill denial or... Right. Who knows? Like, uh, I stand by him. Okay. Anyway. Well, you also then, know the outcome of this story. I do. So there's <laughs> oh, I mean, I stand by omniscient. a team hat fill. So team hat fruit. <laughs> hat fruit for life. Um. What would hat fruit do? <laughs> I'm just Hold picturing the Chiquita banana lady. <laughs> a two hat fruit. It's two hat fruit. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> Oh, this wine's really good, you guys. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Okay. Then in April 2005, the focus of the investigation shifted to another biologist and bioweapons researcher at the USAMRID facility, Dr. Bruce Edwards Ivins. Mm, I don't like how many names he has. <laughs> nope. Seems suspicious. <laughs> Not looking good. Um, and clearly Hatfruit's innocent, so I have no one else to be suspicious of. <laughs> Not looking good. <laughs> so, oh, my God. DNA, an- <laughs> DNA analysis linked the anthrax evidence to a vial found in Dr. Ivins's lab. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Um, Bruce Ivins had worked for 30 years as a civilian microbiologist at the Army facility. Um, He was working to develop better vaccines uh, against anthrax and was Hmm. also, like, the number one expert in, like, all these different anthrax strains and Mm, one of the most helpful guys on the fucking investigation. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think that he did it at this point because I think that if... As someone who knew the most about anthrax, he could have come up with a more creative way to send it around than to dump a bunch in an envelope, put, right? put a stamp and on only, it. And, and not only, but only cause five deaths. I mean, he could have caused thousands, tens of thousands of deaths. But maybe that's yeah. not what he wanted. Maybe he only wanted to make a small splash. Tom Brokaw. Keeping it simple. Um, investigators <laughs> also pointed... Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> what would anthrax do? Uh, what would Edward do? Billy Friedrich <laughs> Ivans do? Billy Friedrich Ivans. Oh, God. Begonia Clute Ivans. <laughs> we apologize if we've accidentally hit on your real name. But oh, if God. your real name is Begonia Clute, please contact me. I need to meet you. I need to know we you. We will feature you on Madam Clute. Madam Clute. Begonia Ivan's Nay Clute. Nay Clute. Oh my god, we're so dumb. Everyone's turned this off. Okay, keep going. So, I'm getting so drunk. Okay. <laughs> Investigators also pointed to circumstantial evidence. <laughs> against Ivan's claiming he had a, quote, penchant for taking long drives to mail letters under pseudonyms from distant (laughs) post offices. (laughs) (laughs) 
oddly specific. <laughs> but it's Not circumstantial evidence. What? I don't know. I don't know how true that is. Like I don't know if that's true. If that's true, it's pretty damning. But I don't But if know. it's not true, it's the fucking dumbest accusation from the fucking FBI. It's also the weirdest yeah. penchant for Begonia Clute Ivans to have. But with a name like Bruce Edwards Begonia Clute Ivans, I'd probably use pseudonyms and go to a far away uh, post office as okay. well. So who knows? So aftermath of the attacks. Despite evidence to the contrary, the Bush administration, the second worst administration in Mm -hmm. U.S. history, Mm -hmm. um, continuously made the case that the attacks were the work of Iraq's leader, Saddam Hussein. Oh, no. Because otherwise we couldn't bomb them. Yeah. So anonymous, quote, high-level government sources repeatedly leaked to the media saying that the anthrax spores contain some additive um, which was used to help make the spores more airborne um, uh, and therefore, like, increase their infectivity via inhalation. This is like the Bush and, administration's version of a Trump tweet. Yeah. Totally. Just fucking bullshit meant to freak people out and get a reaction. We're going to leak all, some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was all wrapped up in the WMD mm-hmm. craziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And so people were saying that this was a telltale sign and a calling card of Saddam Hussein and only, like, Saddam Hussein uses this additive and whatever. In the end, all this is bullshit, Mm -hmm. completely false. Um, But nonetheless, it, like, was part of that drumbeat to the 2003 invasion of Iraq. Yeah, to keep everybody on board with this bullshit war that we're never going to fucking get out of. Yeah, uh-huh. like Colin Powell like literally spoke about these anthrax attacks at his speech to the UN trying to get people to like help us invade Iraq. Hmm. Didn't work. Didn't work. Um, in July 2008, Dr. Stephen Hatfruit won a settlement of almost $6 million from the Woo! FBI for... You go, hat uh, fruit. Bio- you go, hat fruit. <laughs> Think of how much uh, fruit you could fill your hat with for $6 million. <laughs> $6 like, million dollars worth of fruit. So That's a lot of mango. That's a lot. Hat fruit. I mean, that would mostly go bad. <laughs> you don't have to buy it all at once. I can't spend um, more than $3 on fruit. His hat at will a never time. be empty avocado. fruit. Yeah. Yeah, and even that might go bad before I get to it. That's true. Um, Okay, so this was for violation of his Fifth Amendment rights to due process, also for violation of his privacy and for the destruction of his career. Yep. Um, But because it was a settlement and not a trial, Mm -hmm. the U.S. government uh, did not have to admit any wrongdoing. Although, (laughs) later that year, he was formally exonerated. So, Hatfruit, innocent. I tip my Hatfruit to you, Hatfruit. Uh, one year later, Dr. <laughs> Ivins uh, died by suicide. What? He took an overdose of Tylenol. That's he was a lot of Tylenol. Weird. Yep. When did this happen? Um, in 2008, so he was still under suspicion, but he hadn't been arrested or, like, formally charged. Okay. Huh. Um, but he was still, like, a primary suspect? 
Or sorry, in 2009, he killed himself. But yeah, he was the primary focus mm. of the investigation. I mean, curious. he had like seven names. Very he was being curious. tailed. He was like, he was practically being harassed by the FBI. He was being followed, like every, everything. Couldn't work, I'm assuming. Like, hmm. um, According to his wife, uh, who stood by her husband and like vehemently defended his innocence... Um, she said that he killed himself due to the stress of the investigation, not yeah. due to guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and he <clears throat> left her a note that read, uh, quote, I have a terrible headache. I'm going to take some Tylenol and sleep in tomorrow. And then something is scribbled out, and then it reads, please let me sleep, please. Oh, my God. That's yeah. really oh, that sad. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can Which, see how he was really just trying to escape the FBI also. Like, yeah. not necessarily guilt. Like, he was the person who did this. That's it could so really scary. go either way. Yeah. Yeah. And then in 2011, despite zero arrests ever being made, the investigation was officially declared closed by the Justice Department, and they <sighs> claimed that it was absolutely, definitely Ivan's. And like case closed. Hmm. Oh, that's kind of fucked up. I, think I so mean, too. I kind of think it was him, though. No offense, guys. I think Clute did it. It could have been. I'm like 50 50. But know. I, I can see how constant harassment by the FBI for years mm-hmm. could drive a person to do that as well. Yeah. There's also, I'm sure, a ton of more evidence, but I just couldn't get into all of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, go watch a documentary or something. Got you. All right. Well, yeah. well done. <laughs> Thanks. Nice job. I'm glad Thanks. we covered that case because, you know. Yeah. So good. So Soup's applicable. Yeah. Um, are we ready for <clears throat> a word from our sponsor? Yes. And now, a word from our sponsor. Summer's on the horizon, so pack your bags and hit the road in ModCloth's newest collections. Get lost in breezy silhouettes and desert prints infused with a sense of adventure. Discover every dress under the sun, whether it's a chic shift or a must-have maxi. Don't forget the perfect swimsuit that's suited to you. And also don't forget that everybody is a swimsuit body. Oh, yes. You're sure to make a stylish splash. It's true. And wedding season is here, as I know, as an upcoming bride. Um, (laughs) Find everything you need in the Mod Cloth Bridal Boutique. It's super cute. Uh, Whether you're a bride, a bridesmaid, like these two, or Mm -hmm. the very best dressed guest. Uh, And if you're looking for the perfect fit, their signature label comes in a full size range, which is awesome. So from... uh, XX small, I don't know how to say that properly, to 4X. Um, and you can even get free sizing and styling help from their team of mod stylists, which is great. I know I'm always a bit nervous buying clothes online, but these always fit, and their dresses are great for bodies like mine that are a little curvy and bootylicious. Mm-hmm. And I've ordered several casual dresses and bridesmaid dresses from ModCloth, and in fact, the dress I wore in Lucy's wedding was from ModCloth, so and it's one of my favorite pieces in my wardrobe. It's I adorable. wear it all the time. I was yes. really jealous. <laughs> yeah, you were. Um, <laughs> I recently ordered uh, two adorable tops uh, from Mod Cloth, and I'm so excited to wear them when we're at CrimeCon. Um, and one of them is like gray and long sleeve and like a little bit extra length so it'll look cute with leggings. Mm. And it's got like a cute neck detail, like a cutout neck detail. It's really cute. I can't Amazing. wait. 
Um, also, what's amazing uh, is that ModCloth puts the same styles on of clothes on models of all different sizes. So you can actually get a visual of what the fit is going to be on a body that looks like yours, not just on, you know, one shape. So you get mm -hmm. a full sense, a full range. Um, and personally, I love their array of retro-inspired pieces. All of their dresses. So cute. Are yes. so cute. The retro mm -hmm. ones are so cute. I just got yeah. the dresses that I ordered last week, and I love them. The fabric is so Ooh. nice and light. I'm going to be wearing these literally all summer. Mm -hmm. um, and also, one thing that I liked about it is that they were priced at a point where I wasn't intimidated to buy something online that I hadn't tried right. on in the store. And frankly, I bought two pieces that I probably normally wouldn't have even picked up off the rack. Mm -hmm. So. Super cute, and also for our listeners, you can get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more. Go to modcloth.com, that's M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H.com, and enter the promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, at checkout. But hurry, because this offer expires on April 21st, 2018, so get your butt over to modcloth.com. Promo code GALS, that'll get you 15% off your purchase of $100 or more. It's worth it. Treat your bod. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Treat <laughs> your bod. Treat your closet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that too. All right. Back to the show. This is the salacious and insidious tale of Dr. Richard Schmidt and RN Janice Trahan. And side note. When I gave the gals a heads up on who I'd be covering, Kenyon changed the doctor's name to Dr. Dick Shit, and it was too fitting, <laughs> so this is how we will be referring to him for the rest of the story. <laughs> Dr. Dick Shit. your name is Richard Schmidt. Yeah, Dr. Dick Shit. How could you not go by Dr. Dick Shit? Doi. <laughs> and he's an actual monster, so, like, it's perfect. Oh, um, perfect. Okay. Yep. So Dick Shit was a practicing physician at a hospital in Lafayette, Louisiana. <laughs> Janice was an RN in the same hospital working in his practice. He was a boy. She was a girl. Can oh. I make it any more obvious? <laughs> <laughs> but he was also a dick shit. Yeah, he was. <laughs> when the two formed a friendship, they were both married and had children. And as they worked more closely together, the two became lovers. Ooh. Dick shit also became Janice's primary care physician. Don't shit where you eat. Don't dick not, shit where you eat, people. Don't dick shit where you eat. Not a good idea. No. no, no, no. No, no, no. Mm -mm. They dated in secret for a year or so before she finally set plans in motion for them to both leave their spouses so they could be together. And he was completely on board. They had talked about this. Um, she followed through with the plan and left her husband and children and dick shit in a shock to no one refused to leave his <laughs> wife. Oh, yeah. he's never going to leave her. No, he's literally. never going to leave her. Literally, mm -hmm. yeah. Harry, when Harry met Sally, knows everything yeah. in the world. Yeah. Um, Janice became pregnant with Dick Shit's child and gave mm. him the news, informing him that he needed to either make good on his promise to be with her or that she was mm. over it. She was walking away. So she gave him an old tomato. Yes, she gave him an old tomato. <laughs> I'm literally looking at my button right now. I love it. Amazing. <laughs> In an act of cowardice and obviously fragile masculinity, Dickshit blackmailed Janice, threatening to post explicit photos he had taken of her on the hospital bulletin boards for all to see and to report oh her to God. her nursing school for plagiarizing some of her assignments, which was complete BS. But he was a well-respected doctor, so he had all the power in this situation. 
She's like that, that can, is it a congressman, congressional representative, who just is stepping down because he did the same thing to his mistress. He I was mean, like, oh, it's I'm such bullshit. Aren't yeah, there like publicized. 12 of those happening right now? Like, yeah. at any the given list time, all goes over the on. world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. God and by it. 12, we mean like 12 million, but okay. Yeah. Um, Fucking patient. On more than one occasion when she would attempt to go out on dates with other men, like during this time when she was like, okay, you know, you either need to leave your wife or we're done. So she was trying to date a little bit and he would follow her, sometimes threatening oh, her and her dates with violence. So she terminated. So he doesn't want to leave his wife, wife but, but he, he does yeah, he wants to have fuck his cake. Her shit. Yeah, he wants to have his cake and eat it too. <sighs> Whatever. God fuck off. It. She terminated their relationship for good and informed him that she'd be seeking medical care from a new doctor. Uh, good girl. And Shots. he had been treating her for chronic lethargy with regular shots of B12 to boost her energy. So this had he, you know, he'd been administering these treatments for you know, X amount of time at this point. And he called her around 10 PM on August 4th, 1994, insisting he come over immediately to administer her final B12 shot that she would get from him. Uh-huh. For sure. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. But she trusted him and allowed him to come by to give her the shot sometime between 10:30 and 11 PM. Janice remembered the shot being oddly painful and dick shit asking mm. weird, nervous, quiet, etc. Usually he would stick around to chat, didn't do that, but she kind of played it off by like the tumultuous uh, level of their relationship at this point because they were breaking up. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. that could be why. However, mm-hmm. within six months, she was presenting symptoms of a virus and had very swollen <gasps> lymph nodes. Her new doctor oh my God. took blood work and found Janice to be HIV positive. No! No! Dick shit! He oh. is the worst, you guys. No. Yup. Now oh, pregnant no. and infected with HIV, no. poor Janice made the agonizing decision to terminate her pregnancy and begin the painstaking task of finding out how she contracted the virus. Her lovers of the past 10 years were contacted and asked to be tested. All of their tests came back negative. Meanwhile, but like think about just how like scary and nerve wracking that would be. Like just how much like psychological torture addiction has inflicted. Yes, he has. She had, she went through an abortion and then also went through the psychological torture of contacting all her her pat her lovers of the last ten years, her sexual partners of the last ten years, to both tell them she was HIV positive and insist they be tested for HIV. Like I mean, and think about uh, how scared they were and how that could have snowballed. Uh, I oh. get anxiety when I have five emails in my inbox. I don't think I could fucking do this. I just no. it's yeah. so so scary. Um, meanwhile, dick shit is throwing shade behind her back at the hospital, calling her a slut and saying she got it by sleeping around because he's a fucking prick. I Janice, I know, I hate him more men. than, yeah, like, this guy, I I mean, I really hate him with every fiber of my being. And uh, just, to, s- just to make you hate him even okay. more, if you want to go to the drive really quick and check out the yeah. hair piece on this motherfucker, it looks like a hair helmet. Oh, God. It's unbelievable. No. Oh, Do you see it? Is that, That's that so looks bad. like the worst toupee I've ever it's seen. It's so thick. 
It's so thick, and the hairline is so like it's so it's so insane looking yeah. that it might actually be his hair. I legit can't tell. But, but then, it like looks his pretty beard fake. and sideburns are gray, and they and it's go black. all they go super high up, and then to like dark hair on top. Yeah, that it's, also it's looks like it's like in best. a hairnet, even though it's not. It's like he never removed his toupee from the packaging. He just plopped it on his head. Yeah. He didn't fluff the toupee. He just he put it on his head. to fluff it. There was no zhuzhing. Anyway. He was too busy fucking up everyone's lives. Yeah. I also just want to take a moment to say that, like, fortunately, thanks to, like, modern medicine and mm-hmm. also privilege of geography and social class, HIV AIDS is not necessarily a death sentence anymore. Correct. Although it but can this is nineteen ninety four, so we're at and like And she's fucking pregnant. She's well, okay. she terminated yep. her pregnancy. But this oh. is the nineties. Yeah, so 94, this is like the height okay. of misinformation, fear mongering, you know, abs yeah. like gay panic, like all of this shit was going on at around the same time. So it was I mean, it's, I think, especially malicious for a physician to inflict that kind of both physical and emotional damage. Like, the treatments were there, but it was an especially scary time to be contracted mm-hmm. with HIV and AIDS because people just didn't understand this virus and didn't understand the potential yeah. for a long life. Um, Absolutely. With with the proper care, which, like you said, we are fortunate to have now, but in the Nowadays, 90s it wasn't the case. But in the 90s, yeah. Um, okay. So Janice could not shake the feeling that Dick Shit's injection was what infected her, and so she went to the police with her seemingly crazy story. They reluctantly agreed to look into it, though they didn't believe her and thought she was simply a woman scorned trying to soil the reputation of her doctor Jesus. boyfriend. Of course. She mm-hmm. says... Christ. This oh, poor woman God. is amazing. When um, are people going to realize that, like, women are mostly chill, mm-hmm. dudes are the crazies? Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Well, Please. I mean, we, like, have our periods and stuff. Uh, when all the blood is going to our vaginas, it's rushing out of our brands. And into her yeah. emails. And into her emails. <laughs> so the more the police were looking into Dickshit, the more they believed Janice. They looked into his patient mm-hmm. lab records for the week of August 4th, 1994. But lo and behold, his lab record book for all of 1994 was missing from his office. All Weird. the other years were present with meticulous record of blood draws accompanied by a lab sticker with a serial number corresponding to each patient name. Not wanting to give up, the police continued their search in a storage room at the hospital. They also looked into recent blood work of Janice, which showed her not to be infected as of a blood draw a mere, like, two months before August 4th when she got the shot from dick shit. So they knew that this virus infection was new because Uh she had had some routine lab work done just a couple months before August 4th, and she did not have HIV. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is terrifying. Yeah. Pretty so, cool that they can figure that out, though. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just fortunate that she works in the medical field, and so she probably does get some lab work done maybe more often than someone who's out, outside of the medical field does just because they have access. Yeah, to definitely. The, so they're probably getting more routine, like, just primary care than, say, mm-hmm. one of us is because they're in a hospital every day. So, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes, Dick shit was her doctor, so it was convenient for her. Yeah. 
Sometimes here in South Africa, when I get blood drawn, mm-hmm. not every time I've had blood drawn, but like sometimes they've had, they've like presented me the syringe mm-hmm. in in its like plastic sealed wrapping. And yeah, they're like, supposed to. And they and they say a thing, and they're like, da, 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 "Do you like attest that this is sealed?" And I'm like, "Yes." And then I have to like sign something before mm-hmm. they open it. Yeah, that's pretty common mm-hmm. practice yeah. to open. Okay. Uh, yeah, needles and stuff in front of a patient so they can see that it's never been used. But to um, have to sign that you attest that you saw them open it from a sealed package? I've uh, never had that before. I also am, I admit, I get blood work done pretty often and I obviously, like, sign off on them allowing that allowing them to, like, take and test my blood. I'm sure there's probably some fucking small print that I just haven't read that might include mm-hmm. that kind of vernacular, but I just never looked into it. It might yeah. be, I'm sure it's different in the States, but like, I, that doesn't shock me that that, I think some places do that, yeah. but that's neither here nor there. She had her blood drawn safely and, you know, clearly it was yeah. a clean needle and she, the most recent blood draw she'd had before the fourth showed her to be completely free of like any kind of sexually transmitted disease or virus. So that's really what matters in this case, but, um, fucking dick shit. Yup. So they uh they're still looking into the storage unit like the storage room at the hospital that has a bunch of dick shit dick shit in it and they find a box <laughs> in the storage room that's labeled labs 1982 and they're like fuck it let's just take a look i mean you know what do we have to lose mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, sure enough mm-hmm. at the bottom of the box they found the 1994 patient lab records book do you want to take a stab at when the last entry in the book was made Take a stab. <laughs> if you guessed August 4th, 1994, you would be right. That was the oh, last log my God. in Our his book. Mm-hmm. Oddly, the lab entry for that day was missing the serial number lab sticker, which indicated that the blood was drawn for that patient but never sent to the lab. And it was the Where? only entry missing that sticker in that like month or that day or something. What an idiot. That they saw. Yep. So police contacted the patient that didn't have the sticker. His name was uh, Don McClellan. And they just blatantly asked him, like, hey, Don, we're doing this investigation. We got to ask, are you HIV positive? And he responded that not only was he HIV positive, but he had he had developed AIDS. He'd contracted AIDS um, and had been one of Dr. Dick Shit's patients for some time. And that Dick Shit, he didn't have an appointment with him. Dick Shit called him on August 4th, urging him to come in for a blood draw. Trusting his wow. doctor, he obliged. Wow. What? Yep. A fucking. So, HIV and AIDS viruses shit. can. Huh? Yeah, I he's just, crazy. I'm... He's crazy. HIV and AIDS viruses can only survive outside of the body for about 12 hours, which explains why Dick Shit was so urgent to give Janice that, quote, B12 shot that very night. Yeah. And at this point, police had a lot of circumstantial evidence, but they still needed to prove that the virus given to Janice came from Don's blood. So genetic researchers were put to task DNA testing the virus, which is extremely challenging because viruses mutate once they enter the body. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But nevertheless, they gave it a try and mapped both Don and Janice's virus, then compared those samples against 30 other HIV positive residents of the Lafayette area 
And in an amazing discovery, all of the samples were different except for Don and Janice's, which were nearly identical. Oh, my God. So they mapped wow. the DNA of a virus, mm-hmm. which is just fucking amazing. That's um, incredible. Dickshit was arrested and tried for attempted murder in the very first case in history that viral DNA was used to provide or to prove a link between two people with HIV or AIDS. I don't know if viral DNA mapping had been used in any kind of criminal court or criminal case at this point, but the research I did said specifically between two people with HIV and AIDS, so I don't want to, like, assume. But it was a landmark Mm -hmm. case of forensics, which is so cool. Um, In the last just bit of salt in poor Janice's wound. It also came out during the trial that Janice had contracted hepatitis C around the same time. So they went back through Dick Shit's patient records once again and found a blood draw of a patient with hep C that was missing the corresponding lab sticker. (gasps) He injected her with both? He'd mixed the HIV positive and (gasps) hepatitis C blood and injected her with both viruses. Oh, my God. Yeah. What a fucking monster. Yep. So this sick fuck was convicted in 1998 and sentenced to 50 years in prison. In 2015, he was unanimously shot down by the parole board. Thank God. He should have gotten life in prison, but, like, 50 years, I guess, is... Hello? At least something. Fuck. Um, I lost her, too. And this case... You cut out for a few seconds. I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Keep... Keep going. You cut I'm just out for both of up. us, but yeah. Okay. It's fine. Um, this case also has an amazing Forensic Files episode called Shot of Vengeance. Oh. That's available on YouTube, <laughs> so I completely highly recommend checking that out. Yep. Fucking God bless. Yep. So there you go. Dr. Dick Shit. Dr. Dick Shit. Yep. Janice is alive uh, and well. Currently. Good. Okay. So. Good. Good. Yep. Could be worse, but holy shit, this but poor woman's been through so much. But she was forced to terminate a pregnancy that she presumably wanted to keep. Well, she she wasn't forced. She made the decision to terminate her pregnancy after fi- getting her HIV diagnosis. That's true. That's because true. she was but, afraid you know. of passing it on to her child. I mean, add that to the list of fucked up shit that happened to her. Yeah. She had to make a terrible yeah. fucking decision and terminate a pregnancy that, she, you're right, she didn't want to, but she was afraid... Yeah. Of passing on the virus, which I understand. Right. So which she, in the mid-90s yeah. was a very, very real possibility. Yeah. So now, she did now what there's she more they best. can do to prevent, you Of know. course. Yep. Yeah. But she she did oh. what she thought was best for both her, for her health. So, yeah, this poor woman just yeah. went through the ringer. Fuck, poor man. lady. Dr. Dick shit. Mm. Anyway, special right. thanks. Well, <laughs> on the opposite end of the spectrum... From mm-hmm. Dr. Dick shit is mm-hmm. the amazing, incomparable Jason <laughs> Leesman. Oh, what a king. Excellent Woo-hoo! topic, Jason. Thank you so, so much. Good. This was awesome. Really good topic. We really Great dug our teeth selection. into this one. You're amazing. Yeah, the wine. Yeah. yeah, good wine pick. So thank you to Jason Leesman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amanda, take the next no. one. Want to tackle the? <laughs> okay, well, Rosie's my friend, and she knows full well I can't pronounce her last name. So hi, Rosie and Scotty. <laughs> Thank you so much for your $5 a month <laughs> donation on Patreon. We love you so much. So, so, so much. <laughs> Chris in Cali for your $5 a month donation. Thank Ooh. you. Ooh. I wish I was in California right now. Mm-hmm. Right? I will be. You're going to Amanda. A yeah. Days. God damn it. Yeah. By the time this like airs, before I'm this airs. Back. No. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll be long gone okay. and back again. Rita Cobb, mm. you are a delicious corn cup slice of goodness. We love you. You're the corn to my cob. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Samantha McGlasson, the glassin mm. is half full with your $5 a month <laughs> Patreon donation. <laughs> Nailed it. Anthony Tovar. Um, you are Tovar. Tovar the awesome. Nailed it. So generous. You'll be getting a fucking patriarchy wine glass. Yes. Yeah. As will Jillian Foley. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I am crazy for you. It is a Foley. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That was a stretch. And Joe, Joe Busby. God bless. Joe. I'm so sorry for butchering that. <laughs> but thank you so much for your $10 a month donation. Uh, this Joe, Joe is the coolest name ever. Carlin Gray, Ooh, named after George Carlin. Cool. Love it. You are how donating. How cool is that? Very cool. I also love how your last name is spelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, $10 yeah. a month, you'll be getting a glass in the mail. Thank you so much. Woo. Uh, and Christy Mack, getting that FP wine glass. Do not put it mm. in the dishwasher. No. You are as cool as Alex Mack. We love you. Mm-hmm. Who's Alex Mack? Sarah Penketman. From Nickelodeon. You have, you have signed up for the $15 a month Trash Queen tier. Woo! So you'll be getting your Trash. fucking patriarchy wine glass wrapped in or accompanied by some random garbage from Lucy's home. Oh, God. I have a My favorite tier. My favorite tier. Of things to send out. Mm-hmm. $15 a month is hands down my favorite tier. It's, it's so the best tier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jessica Clifford, you big red dog. (laughs) You give us a red rocket with your $25. Ish. You can choose a topic and or case and or wine. And you'll be getting a piece of shit from my house. You get all of the things. Oh, you yeah. should send her like a used lipstick thing <laughs> for the red rocket. Oh, oh, oh my god! I think I can do better than that. But speaking mm. of biohazards, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I won't send any. Uh, f- nothing any with cosmetics. Lucy's like with too DNA. much of Lucy's DNA on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although you're so. basically guaranteed some cat hair. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my ghost face did it. Ghostface is the killer. Um, okay, shout out to Samantha Star Marble. Ooh, Very beautiful. cool name. Cannot wait to see what episode, topic, and or case, and or wine you choose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the following folks made once-off donations via our online store, which is also incredibly helpful. So if you do not want to donate monthly via Patreon, check out our online store at wineandcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com to make a donation like Amberly Kraniak, who gave us a nice... 10 dole hairs. Thank you so much. Dole hairs. Dole hairs. All right, we got Sarah Duncan on here, but I'm pretty positive we shouted her out two episodes ago. I don't know. Nope. I think this is our first shout out. No, yeah. this Give was this was when we were all shit-faced. I'm going to do oh, it yeah. again, but we, we definitely about shouted Daisy, her out, I think. The baby? Yeah. Maybe well, not. Let's do it again just in case. 
Sarah Duncan, thank you so much for your $25 once-off donation. Sarah discovered this podcast while pregnant, but now she can finally drink along with the show because she has a sweet baby girl named Daisy. Mazel baby Daisy. Top, Sarah. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Daisy Duncan, so cute. So cute. I know. Okay, and shout out to Carolyn Girk, who gave $25 once off, and she wrote, quote, I hope this buys you a plate of moth sticks at CrimeCon. Duh. Um, oh, my God. At least say, one. <laughs> at least. I want to say she is a literal angel because mm-hmm. she, we paid her for designing our super cool holiday cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and she basically, like, agreed to like a very low rate thank you so much and then mm-hmm. she has basically since donated back all of all the money of that, that money. we paid her <laughs> yeah. so yeah absolutely she is an angel carolyn mm-hmm. girk we love you so she's much she's amazing also shout out to stassi from xander vander pump rules xander pump and please follow me rules. <laughs> and special thanks to our sponsor talkspace Go to Talkspace.com forward slash gals for 30 bucks off your first month. Treat your brain. And yeah, mm-hmm. we love yep. you. We and love your you wallet. so, 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 so much. And one more thing. One more thing. We have started uh, doing Patreon-only mini episodes called mm-hmm. Drunk Dives, where once we're especially trashed. That is once a month. And any, any level donation on Patreon from $1 a month up gets you access to those drunk dive episodes. Yep, yep. So um they're yeah, worth consider it. donating. They're ridiculous, <laughs> they're you guys. We're if you want to hear us talk for fifteen minutes incoherently in Klingon, you're gonna want to sign up for Patreon. <laughs> like yeah. soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so also CrimeCon. Yep. That's in the pre roll. We'll yep. Oh we're gonna cover it. But we can talk about it now too if you want. Use wine our crime. promo code promo code wine crime. Do it. Ten percent off. We love you. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air... Visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers. You don't have to be from Philadelphia to love the Twisted Philly podcast. There's more mischief, mayhem, and nefarious goings-on in the city of brotherly love than Billy Penn could have ever imagined. We've got it all here on the Twisted Philly podcast. Hi, I'm Dina Marie, the host of Twisted Philly. Join me every week for some of my favorite stories from the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. We'll talk about true crime, haunted history, legends and local lore, plus some of my most favorite places to visit all around Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. You can follow me on social media, on Facebook at The Twisted Philly Podcast, and on Twitter at Twisted underscore Philly. And you can find my show on all major podcast apps. Plus, if you're a Patreon supporter, you get access to exclusive content twice a month that isn't available to other listeners. Join me every week in Twisted Philly. Twisted Philly.